you can't change overnight and you can't just wake up tomorrow morning like uh, you know everybody thinks on January 1st it's a New Year's resolution mm-hmm. and we start this stuff and, and they get frustrated two or three weeks later so I think we overestimate you know, I often say this quote we overestimate what we can do in one year yeah, and yet we underestimate what we can do in 10 years Welcome to a special episode of the Do Cool Shit Podcast. On this episode, we actually have my dad. I wanted to do an episode where I tell my story and give you know, some of my best advice. And I thought there's no one better to help me do that than my dad, who's you know been there since day one and really has helped guide me through my career path. So um, take a listen. I know you'll enjoy this one. It's, it's a good one. So sit back and uh, yeah, enjoy. You can stop. You can stop doing that. Just uh, the closer you hold it to your mouth, the better. Okay. Yeah, you got it. All right, so let's start with who you are and what you do. Okay, good morning. I'm Peter Wallen, and I own Wallen Insurance, and I've owned Wallen Insurance for 22 years. Um, been in the insurance business for 33 years, so more than half of my life. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been fun. Backstory. Uh, tell me about starting Wallen Insurance. Yeah, you know, it was a really interesting time because I was a manager, corporate world, corporate world. I was a manager at Nationwide Insurance, and uh, it was back in the late 1980s all the way through the late 1990s, so for 10 or 11 years. And as I saw the corporate world just getting more and more tough, you know, more and more uh, demanding and commanding where they wanted you to work 60, 70 hours a week and and just take home a a nominal paycheck. So um, I just didn't like the direction that was going. So um, either I was going to have to change or the company was going to have to change. So it was the company of Nationwide and that wasn't going to happen overnight. So it was time for me to change. Yeah. So you started your own business. How old were you? I was 36. 35, 35, almost 36 years old when I started my own business. Yep. Uh, what, all right. So, what were the first few months like there? You know, it was actually, it was kind of fun yet strange because, you know, having three kids under the age of seven <laughs> and mom was kind of nervous, you know, because the, the corporate world was pretty safe. It was safe. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if you remember, we had, you know, two cars, a nice house. We had a, a a big camper, an RV yeah. camper that we drive around with. So, I would have, how old, I would have been seven. You were seven. Yes, yeah, so yeah. we had three kids under the age of seven. So, you know, to quit, you know, a, a job, I was making good money. I was making six figures at Nationwide back in the 1990s. So I was making good money back then. But my hair was turning gray real fast, and I just, <laughs> it was just time to take that change. And so to start Wallen Insurance was taking a huge step back. And so, you know, you go from making six-figure income to making zero. Yeah. So... Um, you know, mom and me just took a, a leap of faith. We went in this together and mom said, I'll stay home and take care of the kids, make sure everything's good at home and you go to work. So, um, the focus was really interesting though, that we just, instead of making some real lofty goal and, and some real major expansion type of thing, we just focused on one day at a time, one day at a time. All right. So transition into me a little bit. What kind of kid was I? Oh, you're a good kid. You know, it's always active, you know, nonstop, you know, it's fun now to even watch old videos of you, Mikey, that you just would never sit still. So whether you're by yourself or with your brother and sister, you were just constantly on the move, climbing chairs, um, hitting a ball, you know, Mm -hmm. just doing something, running around. So you were so active. And and even at that point in time in my life, you know, when I was starting my own business, I still 
you know, I'm very grateful that I was able to find time to yeah, be you your do. coach, you yeah. know, and, you know, and the coach of the kids, um, whether it be soccer or, you know, yeah, tournaments you, and things like that. You and mom that. were both always around for yeah. all my yeah, sports so stuff. That was neat. So that was a lot of it was, you know, you were such an active kid that, you know, we wanted to make sure that we were part of your life. Yeah. So uh, business is important, but being part of the home life was right. more important, really. So what did you think I would be when I grew up? Oh, boy. Um, I knew you always had kind of a, an, an energy that wasn't just going to let you fit into some into some corporate mold <laughs> type of thing. You know, I'll never forget. I think it was your sophomore year in college. You know, you know high school was cool and you played soccer and you know that was fun for you and, and busy. Uh, but your second year in college, when you were at UB in UB and you were trying to get into the school of management, mm -hmm. if you remember that, and you were trying to get into the school of management and your grades were good but they were just at the edge of, of yeah i think it was a school of management four point or 2.494 and you needed a 2.5 to get into the to get in the school, school of management school of management which is like a business degree yeah. direction so i remember you called me because you know you're away you're in the dorms at, at, at night and you called me and said what do i do dad do i take another class over again mm -hmm. you know to, to try to get this 2.5 grade point average and and i remember just having kind of a quick conversation with you and and i said well what's your passion what do you really want to do mm -hmm. you know do you really want to go down this business path and and be an accountant or a, a, a manager of some sort or do you want to go do cool stuff you yeah know, be creative I think, with some yeah of my, video stuff. my plan at the time was to get a business degree because I knew like I wanted to start my own business at some mm. point that was kind of the thought I did or, or, or work in marketing or something yeah. like that but yeah. I never liked the I, I performed very poorly in the economics classes and the accounting classes which is why I had a shitty GPA. Yeah. Um, but I never really knew what I wanted to do. Still don't. <laughs> um, I think that's fine. I think that's actually really good. Yeah. Um, I think unfortunately a lot of parents put too much pressure on their kids to make decisions, yeah. what they want to do for the rest of their life when they're still a teenager or they're still the first or second year in college. And you know, obviously we didn't go that path. You, right. know, you went down your own path and had a lot of fun with it. But, um, more importantly, just be yourself, do stuff that you enjoy and, uh, you know, just, Going back to your your upbringing there, when you started playing with video and technology yeah. and and you know camera shots, and then the video stuff when you were just playing football and baseball in the yeah. backyard of our yeah. house, and you're bringing your friends over, and it was just as much fun to videotape your performances out there, right. and keep statistics, and do all yeah, that so cool stuff. The backstory there is yeah. we would play backyard sports at mm -hmm. your house here, right? And you happen to have a video camera, yeah. And so we wanted, one. yeah, we wanted to, to be able to replay all of our highlights from our backyard sports or, or do a video review to see if we were inbounds. Right. right. And then, um, <laughs> I took it a step further and then this is high school at the time during like lunch breaks, I would try to edit the video into like a highlights that you would see on yeah. sports center was yeah. the plan and play like a random music track so that were, was my introduction yeah and you were ahead of your time because there was nobody else at your level in, in high school level that was videotaping mm -hmm. games and then going back edi editing no. things whether it was you know here at home in the backyard or the, the soccer fields uh, even with you know your the, the dynamo soccer growing sure. up you know yeah. you, you know you're you know reviewing all that stuff it was it was cool so to jump back to the gpa story so i think i decided to retake one of my classes mm -hmm. But in the meantime, I needed to take care of some electives or like what other classes would I kind of take any more right. business classes. So that's when I took my first video class and I found that I liked that way better. And then I just pursued that. So when I say I'm, 
I'm going to major in media studies. What do you think about that? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I thought that was cool, though, because that was part of our philosophy is it wasn't so much about just getting a traditional business degree mm-hmm. and going to be an accountant or a manager or doing some content. I don't think you were going down the path of happy. <laughs> I think you were going down the path of, hey, maybe this is what I'm supposed to do, but that's not what I want to do. And I, and I think mm-hmm. the more and more you got involved in the video and the more you started taking some of these classes and doing some projects, uh, the more I think you, you really enjoyed it. I know you enjoyed it. Yeah. What What's your philosophy on college? Learn. Yeah. Learn. Growing up, um, you know, you, all of your growing up days was all about preparing you to go away to college. And, and I really think it's important to go away, even if it's just for a yeah. couple of years. You know, maybe you go to a community college for a couple of years and then, and then go away. But that's part of growing up. It's part yeah. of being responsible and making your own decisions and um, meeting people that aren't like you. You know, you grew up in this mm-hmm. town here of little horse it's New York. It's a hillbilly town. It's yeah. not diverse at all. No, it's, it's very interesting. So when you, you go to the dormitory and you're living with complete strangers and you mm-hmm. have to learn how to just negotiate yeah. relationship with them and don't rely on your parents to take care of things. So would you say it's more about like, uh, you, you learn yeah. life skills more so than you do a degree. It's all about life skills. I mean, again, in high school, it's very regimented where you get up, you take, you get the bus to school, you start mm-hmm. the class on time and you know, your parents are kicking you in the butt to get going. When you're in college, you're, you're on your own. You know, yeah. You've got an eight o'clock in the class morning, Make you decisions decide if for you're going to get up and do this. Right. You know? And and then obviously you're graded and you know, grades are important and that's critical. And certainly we talked about that, but I think it's more about growing up and, mm-hmm. and finding who the real you is and the real relationship you have with yourself and what you really want to do and for the rest of your life. Yeah. I didn't really learn much about video in college. Um, it was very, it was right. a very artistic program, yes. right? And I just did not find you it interesting to, right. to study a film from the 1940s hmm. with Charlie Chaplin or whatever we were talking about, Alfred Hitchcock stuff. Like I, have, I care about it more now than I did back then, for sure. But still, didn't care. Um, I just liked sports. Right. I wanted to videotape sports and make content. So that's when I got my first internship at the Buffalo Bisons, where we were creating, we were helping with their broadcast because this is a triple A baseball team in Buffalo. We were helping the broadcast on TV. So in the control room, uh, but also creating content for the scoreboard during the games, like intro videos, Mm -hmm. pump up stuff. And so that was when I really started to learn that kind of thing. And, you know, you'll remember, I mean, this just goes back 10 years now. I mean, it's yeah. social media wasn't what no, it is with today. Social media, the scoreboards, you know, they, yeah. had, they had some pretty lame commercials. And so as you were bringing video yeah. to them, I, I think here you are a college student doing, doing internship work, but I think mm-hmm. you were bringing them some value that they didn't have yeah. in the past. So the so, timing was pretty good for that. So the, the problem was I did that for an internship year and then I followed it up and they, they had me back after I graduated um, just because that was my only connection at the time. And I said, hey, do you have any like actual paying work for right. me? And they really didn't, not their fault. Oh, so you um, didn't get paid for that internship? No. <laughs> um, but I found it a, a very hard to get a job out of college because yeah. nobody was hiring this type of person at the time that could create video content yeah. for them. Yeah. It was an interesting time in your life. And again, having a four-year college degree, ready to go. I'm ready yeah. to get my real job and my real career started here. Yeah. You're, and you're 21, 22 years old. And I, I know you were up in Buffalo trying to find work up that way, right. whether it be for a photographer or some right. traditional so I studio. Was, I, yeah. 
I, the Bison said, we could, we could, uh, you'll be like our first guy off the bench. So if we need any extra help for a game or if somebody is, you know, on vacation, you can yeah. help them. But they also said, uh, but we have a, a position at the ticket office. Yeah. And so I worked in the ticket office right out of college with my four year, four year degree, mm-hmm. making minimum wage, selling tickets at a minor in, league baseball. In the wintertime in Buffalo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there were snowstorms. Uh, and yeah. And I think that what I did well there was you would you would run the ticket office and then when the game started I would go upstairs in the control room right and just hang out in there and see what I could learn and they weren't paying me to do that I just had nothing better to do and I was so eager to try to get work yeah and that's really cool those are life lessons that at the time it might seem you know a bit gruesome that you're not getting paid for this but Mm -hmm. because you were just kind of Sniffing around the control room so, and learning the video side of it from the production and Yeah, I was so desperate cool. to to try to find a job in this industry. Right. Like college is over. It's time to buck buck up a little bit. Uh, and so I I wanted to just validate that I could I could get a job in this industry. Yeah, very cool. Um, all right, so then uh, I finally get my first <laughs> I'll say it's a full time job, but it was a it was a part time salary with full-time hours was my Johns Hopkins right. job in Baltimore in Baltimore yep. um what do you think about that well so you packed up right so you packed up in the late summer of yeah. after you graduated uh, college and you're out for a little bit you packed up and went to Baltimore mm-hmm. and you know we're darn proud of you because here you were you know in your early 20s uh, moving to a city that you had no knowledge of you had mm-hmm. never been there before you had uh, no family no friends in baltimore so to take a job down there uh, even in the capacity of a, of a, what they called a paid internship yeah. right out of college we were happy and excited for you and yet there was you know a bit of nervousness right. as to where's he going what's he do you gonna think i was going to be back home in a few months no i didn't think so i, I think your your world of you know you loved buffalo mm-hmm. and i think you loved being there for four or five years and yet I think you were ready to make a move and ready to make a change and go yeah. to, to that next level. And you had to go where there were sports. I just, yeah. right. I just yeah. remember being so desperate to try to yeah. like make it in this yeah. industry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll start running through my career path here. So it, it was Johns Hopkins for a year, a small stint at this smart CEO magazine company. That was just for a summer, but that paid a little bit more than the paid internship. Then Loyola University calls me up right. because they were familiar with my work at Johns Hopkins University. Both of these were in their athletics department. Um, and so then I went to Loyola and did the same thing I did at Hopkins, which was running a uh, web-streamed broadcast, right. uh, their their video board, and creating creative content um, it was a step up. around the teams. It was supposed to be 50% live production and 50% creative content. Right. I found the creative stuff a little more enjoyable because I got to like actually be creative. Right. Right. The live stuff was very technical and there would always be some chaotic nature to it, which was fun. I got really, really good at like troubleshooting and problem solving, but I liked the creative stuff more. So that's when eventually U.S. Lacrosse came around. Yeah. Job opening there to be more creating content, shooting, directing, editing, producing, uh, kind of all in one there. But it was a big step into creating content yeah, around a team. Cool. And again, that was kind of, even though you see content like that, documentaries on ESPN and things like that, which is really cool and it's something you aspire to, but most colleges and most levels, even at US Lacrosse, they weren't really you know, dominating the market doing that. Right, it, I mean, I grew up watching Hard Knocks and, yeah. and oh, HBO yeah. 24 seven, and I just wanted to make that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I'll tell a quick, story actually when I was at Johns Hopkins University my first job making 
close to nothing, barely enough to get by. Um, I decided along with my job responsibilities, I also wanted to make like a mini documentary. And it was called New Blue inside the Johns Hopkins 2014 lacrosse, yeah. men's lacrosse team. And uh, it was like extremely popular because Johns Hopkins lacrosse is a big deal. It got like 100,000 views on YouTube in like Huge. a week. But uh, to me, that's a great example of like, um, do your job and do your job really well, but what else can you do on top yeah. of that with your extra time to really elevate that? So I don't think if, if I didn't do that Johns Hopkins documentary stuff, U.S. lacrosse might not have hired me because they looked at my creative work there and said, oh, he could actually yeah. do some of this. So in part, you got to find ways to do the things that you want to do, even if you're not currently doing it. Yeah, that's really cool. And again, doing it while you're in your 20s, you know, just take, taking a chance, going off a little bit. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Pause for dogs barking. All right, so what... Oh, and then... Uh, and then, and then U.S. lacrosse for two and a half, three, three and a half years almost, and then uh, moved moved on to Under Armour. Um, just had felt like I maxed out at U.S. Yeah. lacrosse. Right. Time for a change. But um, when you when you talk to people here in Horses, New York, what do you right. tell them what what I do? I say you're a, you're a video content production manager. You know, the, yeah, the, yeah. the titles are always impressive when you say, when you say what it is you do. But I think what's really fun for me to talk about is some of the travels you've been able to mm. uh, you know to do you've been able to travel the world man yeah. you know following u.s lacrosse following the world uh games you've you've been you know mm -hmm. to vancouver and you've been out to israel. london israel yeah. i mean that's what's really cool so many people don't even grasp you know that someone here in their 20s just with a video production um uh, capacity is out there doing this cool stuff right and and you're making money you're you're making relationships you're you know, you're really stepping up to the next level and that, that, that's really cool. Yeah. Thanks. Um, all right. So what do you think? So I guess this job here, like it's the jobs that I've had are so interesting cause they just mm. never existed. Um, and somehow I've been able to stumble into it, but my question is what makes my generation maybe different than your generation? Good question. I think things are moving so much faster today. Yeah. You know, the, the, there's there's always new technology that, you know, it just seems to be coming out faster and stronger and better to make our lives easier. And yet it still makes, our, our, our world is still complicated. There's still so much going on that mm -hmm. we just can't predict what's going to happen tomorrow and and how something happened yesterday developed that way. So I, I do sense that your generation is, is so strong with technology and computer skills that you, you're gonna make qualified decisions before you go buy something, before you go and buy insurance or before you buy a car or go, you know, I, I think it's really cool now that you can just go access as much information as possible to do your own research on something um, before you make that decision without having some salesperson try to sell you something. I think that's what your generation now, Mikey, is, is all about. You've got the ability yeah. to do this kind of research on your own. Now, what's the politically incorrect answer? Are we, do we feel entitled? Um. Do we not work as hard? I think there's a little bit of that. I think there's there's a not work as hard type of mentality, but I kind of envy that. I kind of admire that. You know, personally, I'm in my mid fifties now. When I don't go to work, I feel guilty. You yeah. know, my, my parents yeah. raised me, you know, on, on the fact that you work. You know, mm -hmm. and maybe you have to work two jobs or three jobs, and 
And, you know, my parents' generation was, you know, the person that worked the most was, was, was the best. He was yeah. the best father, the best parent, you know, the, the best person to look up to because he worked so much. Work, <laughs> work, work. You know, my dad worked two jobs and, you know, he was always working. He'd come home from work and he'd go down to the basement and go to work in his office. <laughs> so I grew up in that generation. So I'm, I'm in the generation now that it still has this mentality that you got to go to work. Yeah. And then your family, you know, you, you say your family comes first, but oftentimes you miss, you know, some family things because you're working. Um, I've been very fortunate, but owning my own business that I have had been able flexibility. to have that yeah. flexibility and come to your sport games and things like that. Your generation, I think, is doing an incredibly good job of balancing that, yeah. of taking time to take vacations, take trips, go mm -hmm. do uh, interesting, adventurous type of activities and not feel guilty about it because you, you'll work uh, over the weekend or you'll work on your computer when you get home or you'll sure. you'll work from home this week or maybe you'll put in extra time when you're you know back at the office next week or something. Yeah. Uh, how do you look at success? I look at success as, as being happy, finding ways to be happy and not always trying to reach for that golden pot of gold down the road. How do you just find ways to be happy today? So, um, the way to success is not the way to success. Success is the way, you know, the, the way to happiness isn't the way to happiness it's just being happy hmm. and being successful so if you act happy you'll be happy if you act successful you'll be successful so there's really no pot of gold you're going to get to and then suddenly have a big cheer and a big celebration yeah you're always going to be striving for the next thing right. so the way to my world of success is to just be happy today yeah what are some key attributes that people might need to have to to reach their goals or to, to be successful in their mind. Yeah, habits, Mikey, yeah. habits, 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 whether you get up early in the morning or you stay late at night doing things, you've got to find ways to really have that good balance in life. Yeah. Um, get up in the morning and do your exercises, do some meditation, do some do some writing or some journaling or do some things to, to improve your life and your career. Read books, mm -hmm. you know, do all that kind of stuff, you know, form form relationships with with, with podcasts and things like that. Sure. So it's all about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I wonder really. what the best way to develop develop habits are. Just one one at a time. One at a time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you can't change overnight. You can't change overnight and you can't just wake up tomorrow morning like uh, you know everybody thinks on January 1st it's a new year's resolution mm -hmm. we start this stuff and and they get frustrated two or three weeks later. So I think we overestimate you know, I often say this quote, we overestimate what we can do in one year. Yeah. And yet we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. You know, Ooh, so, that's a good one. So how do you, how do you just be patient, be patient, learn, think long term. Yeah. Learn, develop your skills, um, work on, you know, the little things each and every day, to, you know, to, yeah. to improve. And then over time you just say, Oh my God, look where, look where I am now right. than where I was two or three years ago. Yeah. How do you, maybe you personally continue to learn and develop yourself? It's never ending. It's never ending. I think the day you stop learning and growing is the day you start dying. So yeah. whether I'm in my 40s or my 50s or my 60s or even my 80s, I'm going to just try to enjoy the day and continue to try to learn and develop more skills and then use those skills in the right way, you know, to find ways to give back or to, sure. you know, do charitable work or doing some things to work on, uh, you know, what's my legacy going to be? You know, what, how are people going to remember me when I'm long gone? Is it just that he was a, a successful business owner or, or, or was he more than that? Was he a, just an incredible dad and was he an incredible giver and an mm -hmm. incredible guy that just, you know, everybody just um, aspired to because he always had that happy look on his face. So I'm not there yet, but I mean, right. it's something, you know, it's something you always got to shoot for. Yeah. Obviously, like if I asked 
why is it important to give back? Well, of course it's important sure. to give back, but what's like the deep answer there? You know, um, the deep answer is, you know, how do you want to be remembered? You know, yeah. when, when everybody goes to our, to my funeral, right. you know, are they going to say, Oh man, he was a big Buffalo Bills football fan, or he was a wonder, you know, he loved the St. Louis Cardinals and the New York Yankees. I could care less about that. I hope yeah. nobody ever says that at my funeral. I want people to say, God, that guy was good. God, that guy had such a good heart, and he gave back to the United Way, to the church, to the Red Cross. You know, he he helped build that Meals on Wheels building in Elmira. Mm -hmm. I mean, and he did it without you know doing a lot of fanfare. He just did a lot of it behind the scenes. So that's the stuff I wish for, Mike. Yeah. You know that that you you you, you cheer for that. You know, how do I want to be remembered? Yeah. Is a legacy of that, and not. You know, he was a big Buffalo Bills football fan. And, and when you read people's obituaries, you see that. <laughs> and I'm like, come on. There's got to be more to that guy's life than the fact that he was a big Bills fan. Or was he just sitting in a chair for, for his right. entire life watching the Bills games? I mean, there's got to be more to life than just that. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because no matter what what your your income is, whatever your tax bracket is, you can still strive for that, right? All like, the time. Yep. To, to give back and, and be a good person and, and work on your legacy. Yeah, and you know, it took me a long time to know that and to realize that. It took me probably until I started my business when I was in my mid-30s when I I, I just looked around because I was so focused on my life and my career in my mm -hmm. 20s and early 30s and then being a dad. And I'm thinking, you know, I got to make more money. I got to keep making more money, buy a bigger house, buy more cars, you know, you know put food on the table. And then the, the more I watched and just saw you know, there's so many volunteers at the hospital and volunteers at church and volunteers at Meals on Wheels. And I'm thinking, why are all these people doing all this? They're not yeah. even getting paid for it. Right. Why are they spending all their time and their life, you know, doing all this stuff and they're not getting paid for yeah. it? And so I think when you're in your younger, you know, ages, you're, you're so focused on your career right. and, and trying to build your, you know, be a legitimate person that sometimes it takes a while to see you know, that there's more to life than just that. So uh, for me, it was in my mid-30s when I yeah. just started watching and observing how other people were doing sure. it. So I just kind of followed them. What um, What do you think is the most important thing you learned in your career? Mm. Was there any big breakthroughs? Yeah, I think you learned to be yourself, mm. Mikey, and you've done a really good job of that, you know. Um, Again, growing up in the corporate world, I had to wear a suit and tie to work. Hate that. And I hated that. And yet I did it for so, so long. <laughs> and then finally, you know, I just got to the point that I didn't enjoy that anymore. I didn't enjoy, you know, wearing a suit and tie and, and, and carrying a briefcase. And I said, you know, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Or do I want to maybe just take the tie off and just, you know, <laughs> say, become a rebel, you know, take the tie <laughs> off. And, and holy cow, you, you take the tie off and people start staring at you. So now it's, now it's actually funny to look back on that, but that's just the way it was perceived. You know, right. you're a corporate guy, man. You had to wear a suit and tie. You had to, you had to carry that aura of of professionalism. Mm -hmm. And I really like the way the society has changed right now. That people aren't like that. You know, now mm -hmm. you you know you put a baseball cap on backwards, and yeah, that becomes wear a your hoodie and a hat. To yeah, work. you're 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 my dream. So it's it's a cool dream, and <laughs> I'm actually following you on that because it's it's cool now. As I you know I've I've totally changed on that. It's 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 not about trying to impress people. You mm -hmm. know, it's just trying to impress upon people that I want to be myself. Yeah, and just you know live each day, get up in the morning, put on a pair of sneakers, and go to work. And I don't care if I'm an insurance agent or or a volunteer at Meals on Wheels, but I'm gonna I'm gonna dress kind of fun. I'm gonna dress casual. Um, and just let people laugh at that a little bit. But more importantly, I just want to be myself and yeah. not try to be somebody else. Uh, so you've, how many Tony Robbins seminars have you done? Five or six. Five or six. Yeah, I've been all over the place. So. Why? I think that was 
a really cool time in, in, in my life. And, you know, you're, you're starting to, to get into that, that generation now when you're in your, your thirties that you're, you're thinking what's more to life, what's more to this, to this, this direction I'm going. And, and for me, it was about education, trying mm-hmm. to find ways to just master my life skills. Building now that college, habits. yeah, college was out over, um, you know, I, I just saw myself again on that, on that corporate path, you know, so yeah, I can read industry books and things like that. But to me, it was all about trying to, trying to find good mentors in my mm. life, people that were already successful and how can I just go, go, uh, buddy up to them. That's a good point. Yeah. Actually talk yeah. about the importance of mentors. Oh, it's huge. I, I've been very fortunate to yeah. have a lot of good mentors in my life. You know, back when I was a young guy and into even today, I still have mentors and, um, <laughs> you turn decades into days of education. So instead of spending decades trying to learn something, you know, go find a mentor or, or a leader or someone that's already doing something out there and just go interview them or talk yeah. to them or, um, no one's ever going to say no. You know, when you call up someone and say, Hey man, can I just have a cup of coffee? I want to pick your brain, you know, and, and you kind of, you, you lift them up a little bit. They're never going to say no, no, yeah. I don't have time for coffee for you, Peter. I don't want to tell you about <laughs> my life story. I think it's, you know, pretty cool to go out and yeah. find a mentor, whether it's in your industry or the, the, the sporting industry, to t- have people tell your story, their mm-hmm. story. Um, I, I think that's really cool. And then learn from them. Who's your nationwide guy? Oh, Jerry Shawcross. Jerry Shawcross, yeah. Yeah, yeah. wonderful has- man. Peaceful warrior. And, you know, he was 20 years older than me, you know, when I was a young manager at Nationwide, and he was 20 years older than me, but he just kind of took me under his wing and um, just worked on the development, worked on life skills and people skills. And it had nothing to do with insurance, Mike. Mm. It was all just about skills and, and, um, learning the importance of, you know, what time is it? The time is now, you know, oh, so wow. we always had our, he always had a watch on and, and he always said, Peter, what time is it? And he would laugh at me cause it, it would take me a long time to kind of figure out it's not nine thirty in the morning. It's, it's now. That's you know, good. So one. you can't change the past. Who cares about the future? Let's just focus on now. Sure. So he taught me things like that. And so then that's invaluable, man. That's, that's the stuff you, that's the stuff I can write in a book. <laughs> you know? Um, what do you think the best advice you have for someone in their twenties would be? Slow down. Do cool Ooh, shit. Do cool shit. <laughs> do cool shit. Slow down. Don't, don't try to, don't try to figure out what your career is going to be for the next 40 years. You know, slow down enjoy, enjoy today. Yeah. Um, your parents or, or whoever your, your people that raised you are, are well-meaning and, and wish you very well and, and have good intentions. But when they start talking about you've got to do this for your career, you've got to do that for your career. Gosh, man, you're still in your 20s. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know anything more about your career than than you know about your career. So I think it's slow down. Um, what's really cool with with you, Mikey, and and the other, you know, Petey and Angela in our family is, you know, I, I remember when you were like 15, 16 years old and, and I said, man, the jobs you're going to have in 10 years don't exist, don't even exist. Yeah, they haven't even right. been invented yet, you know? And so I'll say that again, the job <laughs> you'll have in 10 years probably don't even exist right now. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's incredible. How about your thirties? Thirties was, was a bit of a blur just because there's kids, there's yeah. kids involved, you know? So like I said, you're just trying to, you're trying to just hold down the fort. You know, <laughs> mom and I, mom and I had a wonderful relationship. You know, she mm-hmm. was very blessed to, to be able to stay home and, and be with you kids, you know, when you got off the school bus and, and things like that. So, um, it was work, 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 and yet also try to find a, the best opportunity to spend time with the kids. Yeah. You know? So 
yeah. best advice there just keep maybe a balance keep the balance and it's easy to say that yeah it's easy to say just keep the balance oh yeah yeah let's keep the balance i'll do 50 percent here 50 percent there but i think you just got to spend quality time mm. it, it, it's quality time and careful time you know with your family and careful time with your your parents and grandparents and things like that because you know in a heartbeat you know things can change yeah um kind of going back real quick to you know, you, you leaped out and started your own business. Um, and I think that's relatable to a lot of people, whether they're insurance or not, you know, there's, there may come a point in my career where I, you know, try to start my own business. What is your perception of risk? It changes. It changes over time. I think when you're younger, when you are in your twenties and thirties, I think you have the ability to take a risk hmm. a lot more than someone that might be in their 40s and 50s. You know, unfortunately, it, it, it happens. People get kind of conform into, mm-hmm. into their job and their roles. But when you're still in your 20s and 30s and you know you've got a long time ahead of you to, to develop your career and to develop your, whether it's owning a business, that's the time that you can be careful, but take time and do your research, you know, mm-hmm. do your study and, you know, find, find existing businesses that are doing things that you want to do and, and study those things before you just jump out and do your own. But if you want to go start your own business, go for it. And, and there's so, it's so much easier today to start your own business. True. You could probably start it in the next 10 minutes <laughs> and, you know, fill out a form online and form a, a small company and create your logo and off you go. Yeah. But then you just have to have a game plan as to where you want to go with it. Right. So I guess the game plan things, what's interesting, like, uh, it has to be somewhat calculated. You know, it's it's a calculated risk what you're doing. Right. When you started your own business, you were making good money. Yeah. To to give that up for a, a not so sure thing seems very, very risky. Yeah. But was it calculated? It was calculated. And again, we learned the philosophy early on in my life. I was very fortunate to just focus on the day. I wasn't focused on the next 10 years or 20 years. Yeah. I was just focused on... How do I make an insurance sale today so I can, you know, make a couple of bucks so I can go Time home and take, yeah, t- take the kids to, out for a happy meal at night. You know, that, that was that was all my focus was back then. And over time that developed and, and grew into a business. I think today the mentality needs to be the same way is, is focus on today, but don't have such lofty expectations that you set yourself mm. up for that disappointment within the first year or so. And, and, and you, you give up on it and you go somewhere else. Um the podcast, how I built this, they always ask the question, do you attribute, attribute your success to luck or hard work? Both or skill, I guess. Yeah. Preparation, preparation uh, plus opportunity, you know, equals more luck, you know, preparation. So the more you prepare, the more you take advantage of an opportunity, you know, the the more luck you're going to have and the more things kind of just fall into your lap. So yeah, I was, I was lucky at the time, you know, I, I found insurance companies that hadn't been represented here in this community. I found opportunities where my existing competitors were just fat, dumb, and happy. They weren't really paying attention. And when I, when I came on, you know, I, I just shocked them because they just had no clue I was coming. Hmm. And I was able to just take advantage of, of kind of their complacency. So the timing was fantastic for me back in the late 1990s, you know, but that's not to say the timing wouldn't be great to do something today. Yeah. But you have to look at it differently. There, you know, there's, there's always new opportunities and new adventures out there, but how are you going to do it? Hmm. And, and to do it so well that you've got you know, a system and a procedure in place that it'll, it'll be sustaining and it'll keep going. Yeah. Uh, last question, elaborate on the do cool shit quote. 
since that's what I called this podcast. Yeah, do cool shit, you know, and that was just great. You know, we said that to you back in your first couple of days of college, you yeah. know, at the end of high school and going into college. It was it was all about let, let the next four years be the best four years of your life when you're in college. And, and then when you get out of college, let the next, you know, decade of your life be cool. So it, to me, it was all about less pressure on trying to just decide what you want to do for the rest of your life and more emphasis on what do I want to do now? What do I want to do just now mm-hmm. for the next phase of my life? You know, then 30 was just kind of a, kind of a milestone. Yeah. You know, do cool like, shit till you're 30. Do What's cool the shit till you're 30. Quote? But now I'm 30. <laughs> yeah. Now you're 30. Now it's like, do cool shit till you're 40, you know? And, you know, Matthew McConaughey says, you know, you know, my best self is, is who I am in 10 years is going to yeah. be my best self. And so when you get to 10 years, you don't just stop. It's like, no, I'm not more. there yet. Yeah. What's the next 10? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what this was all about was, was, was do cool shit is just, yeah, have fun today and, and stretch yourself and really go out and do cool shit. Have <laughs> adventures, man. Just, you know, go to Greece, go to go to Thailand, you know, go to Hawaii, go go travel. But also when you're home, you know, do cool stuff at home, <laughs> you know, go to a bar, go to a restaurant, go meet people, sure. go go do a podcast, you know, just go have fun. Ooh, one more last question that we didn't touch on is uh, you're kind of a master of networking. Maybe. Is fair to say. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Talk about the important, like. The importance of going out and meeting people and, and being yeah. social and um, yeah, thank you. I think a lot of that comes back to stuff I learned in my early twenties. Sure. You know, I, I was actually a shy guy, Mikey. I was very shy in high school, shy in college, afraid to ask a girl out on a date, and so I knew that I had to overcome that. So I took classes, like I said, I took classes. I took Dale Carnegie classes. I took public speaking classes. I read books, and so the more I did that, the more I gained confidence to be able to go out and talk to people. But I think now it's you know in my world, it's the more I can meet people and get them to like me know me and trust me, you know, so that ultimately when they need to buy insurance or they need to buy a product off of me, you know, hey, hey, who do I need to buy insurance from? I'm going to go go to that guy, that guy, Pete, you know, I like him. I know him. I trust him, you know, because he didn't push me. He didn't try to, you know, emphasize some big sale on me. It's just, he's a good guy and he's active in the community. And every time I see him, he knows my name, you know, that kind of stuff. So it just naturally my phone will ring at some point in time and it's that person and they say they want to, you know, buy something from me. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for all your tips and advice. Thank you, Mikey. Love you. I want to be here with you. You're a great kid, man. I'm so proud of you. All right. Give it up. Thanks. Ooh, one more last question. Mort always said, don't die doing something stupid. That was her quote that stuck with me. What does that mean? I can't answer for Mort. Don't die doing doing something stupid. Yeah. Don't die just regretting that you didn't do something cool. Mm. That's your take on it. Hers is like stop jumping on planes. Don't ever have any regrets. Stop swimming with sharks. (laughs) 